Hey, Linda and Drew Scott here. Welcome to At Home. Finally, a show where I don't have to wear a tie, a tool belt, or even pants. For all you know, we could be recording this from the toilet. For the past decade on Property Brothers, hundreds of families have invited us on their journey to create their dream homes. And with every family we met, we learned a little more about what really makes a house a home. Now we want to invite you to come along on our journey. To live in a treehouse. RV. A farm. Whatever it is, we have a lot to learn. That's where we bring in our lovely guests. They'll share their experiences on everything from building healthy relationships to growing baby carrots. I've always wondered about those. And speaking of babies, we want to be sure that we're playing our part in making the planet better for our future kids. We know that the changes we all want to see in the world start at home. I've always wanted to live in a treehouse. Doesn't everyone? This is At at home. Hello, everybody. <laughs> Linda's laying on her mic. Ah, it's very soft. It's very. It's exfoliating, it's actually. Hello. Well, I don't even want to see. I, I don't want to see what comes off of my skin when I do this. Mm. I'm not doing it. That's kind of yeah, gross. Yeah, I'm gonna actually. I'll take a little one of those. What do they call them? Those sticky things. What? The ones that you put over your clothes. Oh. A lint brush. Oh, like a lint sticker yeah. thingy. I'm gonna take that off. You do your get your all your skin flakes off the mic. Ew. You did it. I didn't actually rub. I was just resting. Oh, we're rolling. People are with us. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for joining us and uh, Linda's morning exfoliation. Yes, it's important <laughs> to exfoliate. Hope you guys are doing well. We've had a nice relaxing morning, actually. Got a little workout in. Wait, well, I got a little you workout did. in. I didn't. I was working. Mm-hmm. I've been really lazy. And we both have actually, you know, not lazy. It's been a busy work week. So all our daily routines have sort of been push, push, push. So I yeah. did, you know, we, we, we do basic exercises every day. We do two Super exercises. Super basic and we can't even get to. And then we do, if we don't get to it, then we double it up the next day or triple it up the next day until we get it all done. So I did two days worth this morning. I have like four days to catch up on. But this is the thing. Linda always wakes up way before the alarm. Yeah. She naturally gets up. So you were up like two hours before the alarm and then she was sitting reading and and sending emails and stuff. But she stays in bed. So. And then I just do this. Yeah. She pokes at me until I. That's the one thing I don't get. I'm just kidding. I don't. You have done it a few times. (laughs) I'm trying to sleep. Like I I had a long work day yesterday. And so I was out. Actually, I was wiped. I think I passed out before you came to bed. Yeah, that's why I didn't bother you this morning. I appreciate that this morning. But sometimes. Linda will just come and she'll be like, no. or she'll shift in her sleep or she'll bump me in, in, uh, in the bed. You guys know how Drew tells stories. I don't exaggerate. He is exaggerating. You've never, exaggerating. you've never poked at me or tried to like make movement. When I know that up. you're like struggling to get up and you're wanting to get up, I just like cuddle <laughs> extra, you know? Yeah. Extra hard. <laughs> bump. But I don't do it intentionally. I I try to be quiet. I think this is. But I I am fidgety in bed. I figured it's a family trait because Linda's sister April was doing this with our nieces and nephews. So April wanted one of our nephews to get up and play with her, and this is when he was just a baby. And you know, babies should have their sleep when they're sleeping. And she was just sort of like she poked it at Noah, and or was it Noah or Rain? I think it was Rain. She just poked at Rain. Until he kind of like woke up again. She's like, oh, he's awake. He wants to play with me. <laughs> That's uh, what I do when you wake up. Like, yeah. oh my goodness, you're awake. Oh. <laughs> well, we did get up. I made my super smoothie. Mm-hmm. It's one part of our health routine. 
trying to fuel our bodies and, and our mind, which actually very relevant for our guest this week too, because he is considered a brain coach. We read his book, Limitless. It's such a great tool uh, for helping you unlock the true potential. I'm sure you've seen brain. all his videos. Um, he does this exercise where he, he has volunteers give him numbers or names and he'll remember like a hundred names or numbers forward and backwards and he can recall them. And I'd- it's, I want to Incredible. learn. I need to learn all this. But to overcome his hurdles, to become this go-to and this guru to inspire so many other people to find their true potential is pretty amazing. Shall we get in there? Let's Shall do we it. learn and grow? I'm so excited to talk to him. And and at the end, you guys have to stick around and like do the exercise with us. He will go through a memory exercise. It's and pretty it's cool. Very fun. By the way, I have a really big head. Maybe I should ask him if that means I have potential for a very big brain. Or a great memory. I mean, we all do, Drew. Mm, more space for more memories? Yeah, your this memory is, palace in your brain. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> this is Jim Quick. Okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices like my lights, my locks. (laughs) My security system with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. Well, thanks for taking time to sit down. We have actually been fans of yours for many, many years. I have one thing I want to bring up, though, and Linda finds this really annoying. I don't know why, because a lot of what you talk about, too, is simple things like people who forget names. You know, it's little things, right? For some reason in my mind, I have no idea why, but every time I, I'm telling somebody about you and what you do, first thing that comes to is Jimmy. I, I say Jimmy every time. Jimmy Quick. And yeah. so Linda's like, what are you guys besties? You're on, you're on a, like a nickname <laughs> basis, Jimmy. Now. I don't know why I have that in my head. Anyway, I said, to- yeah, no, no, no. I appreciate that. That's my, my family actually calls me that my, my, my brother, my sister. So it's a, so yeah. we're like family. My dad's okay. name is Jim and my, my uh, older brother, his name's James. So it's, it's like we're family. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. With our podcast, what we are always striving to do is to make big changes out in the world, but we know that it starts at home and with ourselves. So that's why we're so excited to talk to you because, you know, you talk about, or you, your clients, you know, are huge corporations and, and really successful people, but it all starts with our brain. Everyone has one. We're all different, but we can all have the potential to, to do more. No, I think a happy, healthy mind leads to happy, healthy homes, uh, for, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, when, especially when people are working at home, they're not really sure if they're working at home or if they're living at home or working at or living at work, <laughs> mm. right? Because everything is kind of melting together. And so I think that little things like a clean environment is uh, your brain loves a clean environment and having a space to work at, at home separate from where you do other things. I'm very conscious in our home where 
we don't we don't work in the bedroom meaning that if you if you work in your in your where you get entertained then you can't concentrate as much mm-hmm. or if you uh if you're doing work in the in the bedroom it's harder to maybe sleep because you're training your you know yourself to be able to go into that work mode mm-hmm. and so having a balance is important and not even a balance i i know we use that word but the words we use have a lot of power at home i'm looking for harmony mm-hmm. instead of balance harmony for me is like an orchestra, it's not not every single instrument plays an equal weight or amount of time, but they all come together and create an incredible art. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Just hearing that was like music to my ears because you're right. The the I think the weight and burden that comes with the word balance, like I just picture of, you know, the hippo uh, walking on that <laughs> tightrope mm-hmm. um, and, and looking at your home and your life as an orchestra is just so much more, it's just so practical, you know, like there, you know, you want something to be center stage and, and everything else should support that. And it all works as a team. Yeah. I think there's definitely a science to this achievement. You know, we, we could talk about it in terms of productivity and, and prioritizing your day um, in terms of efficiency. And I also think there's also this, this art to happiness, right? And that that's where you could design it the way that you want to fully express yourself. 100%. I, I think um, what I fall victim to myself, and I fully admit this, and, and something I'm always trying to work on is I end up prioritizing myself at work. I end up prioritizing everything I'm doing with work. And, and then I find whenever work together, even if it's just for dinner or just hanging out, I find that I'm not fully present um, because I have notifications popping up on my phone nonstop mm-hmm. or, you know, say we were talking about something, I just wanted to quickly look up something about that. Then I get distracted by an email. And so I'm, I'm always sort of divided. What, what do you find when, when it comes to relationships? Um, what, what are some healthy habits you find that people can incorporate in a sense of, being able to to be fully present with with their loved ones or their children instead of having that multitasking. I mean, you've already pointed out a few things, but so I think um, with everything that's going on, I think also solitude is a wonderful time for self reflection. And I I talk a lot about the power of questions to give us new answers. And a powerful question asked right now to get clarity in our life is like, what's most important to me in life? What's most important to me in my relationships? What's most important to me in my career? I find that a lot of times people are burnt out, not because they're doing too much. Sometimes we feel burnt out because we're doing too little of the things that make us come alive. The things mm-hmm. that light our fire, the things that really fulfill us, you know, in terms of mm-hmm. what we value, what's most important to us in life and relationships in a home. And sometimes our actions each day, another question to ask besides what's most important to you, it, are my actions each day aligned with those values? You don't want to be completely efficient and productive getting fast. You could go nowhere fast. You don't want to climb the ladder of success, get to the top and realize that it's been leaning on the wrong wall the entire time. Mm. And so I always tell people, the most important thing is to keep the most important thing, the most important thing, <laughs> right? In terms of not even time management, maybe it's priority management. You know, we have 86,400 seconds in a day the only thing that's equal, right? Everybody has different incomes or opportunities or education or connections, but we all have 24 hours in a day. It's just how we're going to invest it to the things that matter most and nobody to judge because you can design your life the way you want to. In my, in Limitless, I quote a French philosopher and he says, life is the C between B and D. Life is C between B and D. B is birth, D is death, C is choice. 
And we always have these choices we can make every single day. And one of them is just connecting with what's, what lights us up and, and designing your life around the things that are most important because those things should never be at the, at the effect of things that are less important, right? Mm-hmm. So we put those first things first. So when you understand what your values are, and it's different for every single person, for me, it's love, growth, contribution, adventure. Those are my values. Um, you know, and maybe because my, my parents immigrated here and left family behind my, my, my dad lost both his parents at the age of 13, you know, so he prioritized family. I grew up with him saying family is most important. And I didn't realize till years later why that was such a value to him. Um, because of, you know, certain life experiences, you know, my, my, my mother, same thing. And, um, and so we prioritize love. So I make my relate, my decisions a lot based on my relationships with my family and my friends. Um, growth is very important for me also. It's something that I share, you know, with, with, with my partner, she's just very big into growth and we grow. So we have more to contribute. And that's, that's my third value. You know, I feel like it's so important right now is a uh, contribution, you know, especially when you're under undue stress or undue fear, you know, chronic stress shrinks your brain, chronic fear, it's a whole area of science called psychoneuroimmunology, which when you're under in fear all the time, it creates, um, you're more susceptible to colds, the flus, the viruses. Right. And I think the antidote to fear is, is contribution, you know, it's, it's giving to others. But a lot of, remember back in the eighties, it was like, go getting, it was like trying to get, get, get. And then there was a shift in the pendulum. It's like everyone was giving, but then they became martyrs because they didn't have any more to give. Mm. But I think, you know, maybe a new term like grow givers, we grow. So we have more to give right. to others. And then finally, my fourth value in, you know, something I share with her, you know, in our families is, is adventure. You know, you want, you want to have fun in the process. Like how can you bring joy to this also as well? And the biggest advice I could say, besides finding out your partner's values, so you could see where you're aligned, because that's where you're going to make all your decisions, um, is also scheduling that time to, to, you know, and that having borders. Part of self-care is knowing when you say yes to somebody or something, you're not saying no to yourself. Part of self-care and self-love is putting borders and boundaries over the things that you treasure, your, your heart, your emotions, your time and being very protective, but I feel you. I mean, nobody, and this is not about perfect. It's about just progress, right? Limitless is about just advancing and progressing beyond what you believe is possible. And we all have, we all jump for the phone. You know, we all have that habit of there. I have a video on, on Facebook. It has 37 million views. It's just don't have your phone at your dinner table. Don't, don't have it like right at your bed stand because it creates this uh, this undue angst, right? Your anxiety. And I, I this, this is, and I, this is, you're again, killing me here. I, you're killing me. I know. I know. You're like, this is great until, <laughs> but it just, it just rewires our brain for yeah. reaction and distraction. Every like, share, comment, ring, ping, ding. It just kind of puts us on alert. And sometimes it, it's hard, even if it's in sight and it's turned down at the dinner table, we still have this pull and yeah. technology is wonderful. It allows this, it allows connection, it allows us to inspire, to instruct, to connect. Um, but when technology is a, is a tool for us to use, but if technology is using us, then who becomes a tool? Then, then we become the tool in the equation. Yeah. So it's yeah. just setting up like these little rules and doing the best you can. And again, we don't, we thinking is good, but overthinking and wanting it to be perfect can stop progress before it even starts. And yeah. so I would just say, start somewhere, anywhere. In, in the book you, you mentioned, or you addressed the connection between 
uh, our brain and our gut. I don't know, I always question what that connection is between thinking and feeling. And the research points out that it is all connected. So whenever we're nourishing our bodies, we're nourishing our brain and, and you know, the other way around as well. hundred percent. I mean, what you eat matters, especially for your gray matter, but there is certainly, they call your gut your second brain, right? And, and that intuition is so important to be able to trust it again. And um, sometimes it gets distracted with everything going on in the media, you know, things that are threatening or scary. And, and sometimes it's hard to get our focus. And I, I would recommend everyone who's listening to this, you know, is, is remember kindness, you know, not only for other people, but for yourself. You know, part of studies done in self-compassion show that when you're kind to yourself and you don't beat yourself up for following through or doing everything right, you know, you just say, you know, I'm human. You're more likely to follow through. You know, it's, it, part of this process is, as we all go on this journey to realize and reveal, you know, our fullest expression of ourselves, our fullest potential is to, uh, is to be able to look in the mirror and fall in love with the person in the mirror that's been through so much, but is still standing, mm-hmm. you know, and kindness goes such a long way, even with our partners and, you know, our friends, because we never know the battles people are facing mm-hmm. and kindness is free. So we can be sprinkling that stuff everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what, you know, uh, from time to time, you know, you, you'll you'll see somebody, and maybe somebody's a little snippy with you. You know, a customer service person at a store, or you know, somebody on the, on the road cuts you off. And I find sometimes I still have that knee jerk reaction where I want to get angry with it, and then I stop and think exactly like you just said. I'm like, you know, I have no idea. They they might be racing to the hospital because their spouse was in an accident, or they, they may just really need to go to the bathroom. Maybe they just really need to go to the bathroom, whatever it may be. But uh, so I find as I'm getting a little older, I, I am getting better uh, at stopping, taking a breath. She's a great influence in that way for me too, because Linda, well, she'll stand next to me when she knows I'm at a point where I might get angry, and she mm-hmm. just does a she just does a deep breath, and that's my automatic trigger to okay, Drew, take a deep breath, and then. Move, uh, move forward. When we're faced with a dilemma or some kind of decision in anything, you know, whether to give it, it's just maybe you don't ask yourself, what do I need to do in this moment? Because that's where most of us go. Maybe ask yourself, who do I, who do I want to be at this moment? And then I think the behaviors will take care of itself. And intuitively talk going back to your gut and, and your heart, which is also a huge uh, you know, influence, is um, connecting and knowing yourself. And I love what you say about that person cutting you off because I think curiosity goes so far. I mean, that's the emotion I cultivate all the time when things are going, you know, challenging. I, you know, I ask myself like, not only like what's the gift in this, but what is this trying to teach me? You know, what can I learn from this? And that takes you out of that anger or guilt or frustration kind of, kind of place. But I think everyone makes their own decisions. And I think intuitively, if we're calm with ourselves, we know what we need, you know, in any given moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to actually sorry to I want to dive back though. I want to go to your childhood. I yeah. think it's so fascinating that the path that you've been on and and how you got to where you are and and how you unlocked your brain. You know, in the book I talk about lies, these seven lies to learning and and life and and growth. And a lie for me stands for everything stands for something because it's area acronyms help us to remember a lot of things. Mm-hmm. We love acronyms. Um, yeah, <laughs> a lie stands for a limited idea entertained. Limit. It's not necessarily true that we're not smart enough or until our genius is born, or, but it's a lie. It's an idea we tend to entertain in our minds. And um, it, it's actually, we use 100% of our brain. It's just some people use it differently than others. It's like when you, if somebody's climbing up the hill, they're using, you know, all of us are using 100% of our body to get up that hill. It's just some people are just fit. 
and they're skilled, you know, and they're in there, they've done practice. So they have to exert a lot less effort. They can enjoy it a lot more right. when people struggle. And so part of it is good strategy. Part of it is good training. And there's no such thing as a good or bad brain. There's a trained brain and an untrained brain. Um, going to my, my, my childhood, when people see me on those videos that you were mentioning or on social media, I do these demonstrations where I'll memorize a hundred people's names in an audience or a hundred words and numbers forwards and backwards quickly. And I tell people, I don't do this to impress you. I do this more to express to people what's possible. Because the truth is, every single person listening to this, whether you believe it or not, it's possible for you, regardless of your age, your background, any of that. It's just we weren't taught. If anything, we were taught these lies that somehow our potential is fixed, like our shoe size, like an IQ test. Mm -hmm. But we've discovered more about the human brain in the past 10 years than the previous thousand years combined. And what we found is we're grossly underestimating our own capabilities and the reason I know it, going back to my childhood, um, is I grew up with some pretty severe learning challenges. I don't know if people could relate, but I had very bad focus, uh, a very poor memory. Um, it took me an extra three years just to learn how to read. And a lot of that came from a traumatic brain injury I had in school when I was five years old. And when I was nine, a teacher pointed to me and said, that's the boy with the broken brain from the whole class. So that labeled became my limit. I didn't know better. I, I have the utmost respect for teachers, you know, especially now. I can't even imagine the demands, you know, to to this teacher's credit. Like I really feel like I was being teased a lot because I was slowing down the class because uh, I didn't understand the lessons and my teacher would have to repeat themselves. But I think my teacher was coming more to my defense, saying this boy is, you know, has some issues. But I, all I remember was broken brain. And I realized that, you know, later on that it wasn't, it's not how smart you are. It's really or how smart your kids are, how smart your team is, how smart you are. It's how are you smart? It's not how smart you are. It's really how are you smart? Mm -hmm. That if you're not, if you didn't succeed in school like I didn't, it's not um, maybe, it's maybe the way you prefer to learn is different than the way the teacher preferred to teach. And you're like two ships in the night and you just pass each other, not even realizing the other one's there because you don't connect. And, um, and so I really devoted myself to learning how to learn and uh, I really wanted to figure out that riddle. How does my brain work so I can work my brain? How does memory work so I can work my memory better? Were, were then, you having those thoughts after high school or, or did you start thinking that yeah. way while you were still in the, you know, the conform of a traditional school system? Yeah, how, how did you learn how to learn? Yeah, for, for me, it's, it happened. I had this all through traditional school. So, um, you know, I was put, I remember when in elementary school, uh, the teacher came in and said, I have a really great news, everybody. We're creating this new organization in school called MASP, M-A-S-P, MASP. It stands for More Able Student Program. That the kids in this group were more able than other students. And, and I remember they invited the entire class to be part of it, except for two people. And I was one of those two kids. Oh. And me and this kid, Joey, we created our own group called LASP less able student program. <laughs> and that, that's, it's interesting because I always, they always call these kids exceptional. And the reason the subtitle for Limitless is upgrade your brain, learn anything faster and unlock your exceptional life is I feel like we all have the ability and the potential to be exceptional in our own way. Um, but I struggled through that. And my, my superpower growing up as a kid was being invisible. Because when you feel like you're broken, you don't have the answers or nor do you, maybe you don't think you do. So I would always you know, sit behind the tall kid in class. I would always shrink down all the time because I didn't want to be pulled on, you know, called on in class. I would do the extra credit that would allow me to pass in English class when I was failing. Um, but if the teacher asked me to present it, 
I actually would look at her and say, I didn't do it. And you can see the disappointment in her face. Even I worked on it for months um, and it, the class would empty, empty. And then I would, at the end, pull out my, out of my book bag, this book report, and I would throw it out in the trash. You know, it feels like I'm metaphorically throwing away my potential. So that was my middle school, high school. And when I was 18, I was a freshman in college. I thought freshman meant I can make a fresh start. And I did worse. And I ended up pulling all these all-nighters. I ended up in the hospital, passed out one night in the library, fell down a flight of stairs, hit my head again. I woke up in the hospital and I, I was wasting away. I mean, I was, I was down to 117 pounds. Uh, it was because I wasn't eating. I wasn't working out. I wasn't doing anything other than studying. And I thought I died. And it was the scariest time of my life. Maybe part of me wish I did because I, you know, it just, you know, when you deal with this every single day where you feel like you're not enough. And then when I woke up, the nurse came in with a mug of tea and on it had a picture of Albert Einstein. And it had this quote from him said, the same level of thinking that's created your problem won't solve your problem. And it made me say, well, what's my problem? Well, I'm a very slow learner. How can I think differently about it? Well, maybe I can learn how to learn. And I started devoting myself to studying, studying the brain, studying learning theories, understanding ancient mnemonics. Like what did, what did other cultures do to remember things before there was printing presses and mm-hmm. stuff like that? And um, shortly after, a light switch flipped on and I started to you know, do better. And I started to teach students. And one of my very first students, she was a freshman in college, she read 30 books in 30 days which is remarkable. I mean, read it, not skimmed it or scanned it. And I found out she was reading books on health and wellness. And she ended up, um, her mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer, two months to live. She ended up saving her mom's life. And Mm -hmm. um, doctors called it a miracle, but her mother attributed 100% to the great advice she got from her daughter who learned it from all these books. And in that moment, I realized that if knowledge is power, learning is our superpower. That if knowledge is power, learning is a superpower. And it's a superpower we all have. We just weren't shown how to, mm. how to unleash it. Can you talk about the roles of your parents and friends and family that played a part in, in supporting your journey to learning how to learn? Yeah. I mean, for my parents, that they're, they're my heroes. Um, you know, they're not the, the, the wealthiest or the most health conscious or the most spiritual or they're, they don't meditate or drink green juices, but they're just really good people. You know, they, they, they work hard in their, they don't do harm. They're very kind. They do what they say they're going to do. And so I attribute anything good that's ever come out of, you know, me to, to them, anything where it's less than that's all on me. And so they were my influence. I really do believe the life we live are the lessons we teach, that the life we live are the lessons we teach other people, that it's not what we say. It's what we, it's, it's what we show. It's not what we promise. It's what we prove. And, um, and so they were my biggest influences. Um, later on, my influences became books because I didn't, I wasn't, you know, I didn't have those mentors. Um, and a book for me was like my friends and in, in my imagination. And I think it's amazing that if somebody has decades of experience and they put it into a book and you can sit down and read that book in a handful of days and you can download decades in the days, that that's a huge advantage, you know? And so I started to really read a lot my, 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 my teachers would have been surprised if I read a book, much less, much less wrote a book. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I think, you know, how I came up with a lot of the work that I did was through research, through reading, through role models that I eventually met. And, um, you know, it's interesting that the person that had the biggest brain challenge, big brain challenges, learning challenges, 
has public speaking challenges, that's phobic of public speaking. That's all I do for a living is public speak on learning in the brain. Mm. And so life has a sense of humor that your struggles could be strengths, right? Yeah. That, um, you know, with challenge comes, comes a level of change. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that while the beauty is in the butterfly, the growth happens in the cocoon. And a lot of people might feel the same thing that you, there's, there's this real thing called traumatic, uh, you know, uh, we have post-traumatic stress, but there's also post-traumatic growth that I'm sure some people could identify as listening to this, that they went through adversity and they wouldn't wish upon anybody, but through it, they wouldn't change anything because they found a strength. They found a meaning, they found something, a gift there. And, uh, you know, my message to people really here when it comes to becoming limitless, you know, especially, you know, in a perceived limit, limited world is that your adversity could be your advantage. I mean, the things I was most embarrassed about growing up, you know, in a, you know, in a family that didn't speak, speak language and have any means or anything, or, you know, learning challenge are the things I'm most proud of today. Your parents have got to be proud of you. Do your yeah. parents do, this is what my dad does all the time. He'll be in some random spot and he'll just go up to, he'll walk up to some random person. My son's the property brothers. <laughs> do your parents do that? Do they just walk around and be like, my son, Jimmy, is yeah. the, is got the brain and, and they try yeah. and explain what you do in a way that doesn't make any sense. But uh, yeah, they did. Yeah, I didn't, it was really hard to explain to them what I what I did for for a long time. Um, no, but that, yeah, they'll they'll brag about uh, being on a property builders like show like this, like you know when it when it gets published. So my, my my dad would do that. My mom it's is the cutest. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm always like, oh my gosh, dad, that's embarrassing. Stop it! But I know it makes them happy, so it it makes us happy. Yeah, my mother became a school teacher later on uh, to be able to help me, and so she started teaching special education and. Um, I have such a respect. There's some teachers, some of the most caring, compassionate, capable, you know, committed individuals. They're not compensated. I feel like um, they maybe should be. Um, but mm-hmm. I think the most important thing is it, teachers are really good at teaching what to learn: math, history, science, Spanish. So I would just just the message to teachers who are watching. It also helps to teach a child how to learn. You know how to focus, or you know how to remember, how to study, how to um, how to think, and you know solve problems. I think that the subjects will always change, and but I learning how to learn, I think, is the most important skill in the twenty first century. Mm-hmm. Because if there was a genie could grant you any one wish, but only one wish, we would all ask for limitless wishes, millions of wishes, right? Yeah, that would be the the hack. Um, if I was a learning genie, and I could help anyone master any one subject or skill. I think the equivalent would be asking for um, learning how to learn, right? Because if you can learn how to learn, learn how to focus, learn how to remember, learn how to apply, you could apply that towards money, Mandarin, martial arts, marketing, and everything gets easier in your life. So um, I want to applaud all the teachers that are listening. I think, especially now, it's, it's even more difficult. And, um, mm-hmm. and maybe introducing some of the concepts of, you know, of focus, of studying, of speed reading, of memory can make um, make their job and also the, the student's job a lot easier. My grandmother, you know, where I was, she was my primary caregiver because my, you know, my parents had lots of jobs, but, you know, but then I started caring for her at six years old, you know, switched. And, you know, your memories are also, if anyone knows anybody who has had dementia or Alzheimer's, it's like your memories are what bind your life together. When people mm-hmm. lose their memory, they kind of lose who they are. Yeah. And, um, and so that's the things you want to remember, not just facts, figures, foreign languages, but you want to remember if your life's worth living, it's worth remembering. You want to remember your loved ones. You want to remember 
you know, the lessons, you know, you don't remember these kind of moments that, that what makes life worth living. Yeah. And that, that's why I think a memory is just such a gift. And it's not just remembering everything for work or everything for school. It's remembering, you know, your life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, t- I talk too much. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I was just going to go back to, um, you know, labels and, and how they limit us and how we can overcome those through, through the way we speak to ourselves. Yeah. I think uh, we have to be very careful. I always tell people to watch, you know, watch for me stands for you need to watch the W is your words. The A is your, are your actions here. T is your thoughts. You know, the C is your character and the H you have to watch your habits because first you create your habits and your habits create you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so I always talk about morning routines and evening routines and all the things that you could do to have your best brain, your being a brightest future. Um, when it comes to our thoughts, it's like your brain is like a supercomputer and your self-talk is the program it will run. So if you tell yourself, I'm not smart enough or I'm horrible at remembering names, you won't remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your supercomputer not to. You know, people come to me a lot and they say, Jim, I have a horrible memory. I'm just too old or I'm not smart enough. And I say, stop. Here's the thing. It's just small little adjustments. Like maybe you're saying to yourself, I don't have a great memory. Just add a little word like yet at the end because it just opens up the possibility. If people truly understood how powerful their mind is, they wouldn't say or think something they didn't want to be true. Two most powerful words in the English language are the shortest. I am. Because whatever you put after that is going to determine your identity and really your your destiny. You know, that 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 force to remain consistent with who we perceive ourselves. You know, even with your children, you know, and I not necessarily you want to go to a child and say they're a genius, um, because I think what you really want to do is reward the effort, reward discipline, reward consistency. Because sometimes according to a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset, if you if you call a child a genius, then they just think it's something magical. And they they if, if they didn't do well, it's it's beyond their control. But if you reward effort, you know, or hard work, then they know where to go, you know, when there there's a gap between where they want to be and where they are. ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. (laughs) Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. What is your routine for yourself? Is it a morning, you know, morning incantations? Is it something throughout the day? Yeah. Is it using I am? What do you do to keep yourself in this path? Um, a few things that people could do just to kind of choices that we can make. Um, you know, I really do and believe that if you want to win the day, you have to win that first hour of the day. So morning routines are huge. But my morning really starts the night before <laughs> um, because sleep is the ultimate brain hack. When we don't sleep, how's your thinking? How's your focus? How's your memory? How's your ability to make decisions? And, um, so the night before I have a whole routine where I'm not on devices and I know it's hard again. I know it's not, I'm, I'm, I'm pro technology. I really am, but it's just sometimes that, you know, it puts you in that executive brain and it, it, the blue light keeps you up, you know, late at night. But, um, for me, I read some fiction right before I go to bed. It's, I don't want to read anything that's heady that puts me in that kind of like analytical mind. Um, 
Also, I do this kind of interesting thing where I review my day, where if you feel like all the days are blending together, I don't know how many people feel that, you know, and Mm -hmm. it's because we're not doing the things that maybe going out or going to seeing a show or movie or just spending time is with people. So we don't have those memories to stick out. And so if that's, there's something called episodic memory and that's remembering like the episodes of your, of your life. And so if you don't remember what you had for lunch or a conversation you had earlier that day, mm-hmm. maybe taking three minutes at the end of the day just to review your day is a great memory training for yourself. So the very first thing I do when I wake up is I remember my dreams. We, we spend probably 20 years of our life sleeping, maybe three to five years full dreaming. And it was in the dream states that we create these amazing treasures. Like Mary Shelley created Frankenstein in her dream. Paul McCartney came up with the song yesterday in his dream. A a chemist came over the periodic table in his dream. And so what are we dreaming about? And one of the ways to affirm or to, to dream like this, these kind of lucid dreamings, these aware dreamings is just to kind of ask yourself this question right before you go to bed to tap into that same potential. The the second thing routine that's really great for the brain is I, um, I make my bed and you're like, okay, that's what's that to do with your brain. But how long does it take to make your bed? Well, we both a, a do minute. it, so it's half the time. This is it's half the time, but I am fully on board. And I know exactly where you're going. Is yeah. and I actually I've heard you talk about this too. It's the organization yeah. and the, and getting yourself organized there with your bed organizes your day. It does, and when you're and how you do anything is how you do everything. So if you do it like with excellence, that's why I do it in the military. It's how you do anything. You're training your brain just to be excellent. Plus, your brain loves a clean environment. Talk about the power of your home. Your brain loves, you know, when you clean your office, you clean your desk, you have clarity of mind. So So starting your day with a well-made bed. And plus, when you come back, how great is it to come back full circle to success? You know, and unconsciously, I think it's important for your brain. Um, Another thing I do first thing in the morning after make my bed is I drink a, a tall glass of water. And the reason why for your brain health is you can lose up to a pound of water through respiration and perspiration while you sleep. And your brain is 75% water. And just staying hydrated will boost your reaction time and thinking speed 30%, upwards of 30%. So it's a huge advantage. And you're at a disadvantage if you're dehydrated. That's when I'll take my probiotics also because you know I want to take care of my, my second brain as well. Mm. And then I'll do a quick three-minute exercise um, there's a study done at Appalachian State University that's interesting, saying for weight management and getting better sleep, when's the best time to exercise? In the morning, afternoon, or evening? 7 a.m., 1 p.m., and 7 p.m. is what they tested groups. And they found it was actually 7 a.m. And you don't have to do your full... That's not when I do my full workout, but I'll do three minutes, a three-minute workout. Because what's good for your heart is going to be good for your head. Your brain is only 2% of your body mass, but it requires 20% of the oxygen and the nutrients. And so, you know, I'll, I'll do that. Like three minutes of rebounding is my favorite. Just jumping on like this little trampoline that we have um, mm-hmm. or walking that, the that, dog. That's, you know? that's not called working out. That's called playing. Yeah, and that, <laughs> that's very so much important. If you, and again, I guess that's framing it. And if I'm like, oh, I have to get up and I have to do a workout. This is annoying. But if you turn it into something that's actually fun, fun. to do and gets yeah. active, then it's a different and, mindset. And I think then going back to values, you know, love, growth, contribution, adventure, like that playfulness, we're the fastest learners you know, children and they play all the time, mm-hmm. you know, but later on they, they don't say before it was like, you want to go out and play. Now it, you want to hang out. It's like mm-hmm. changes, but I think playfulness is so important to have. And, and the language you use, just like you mentioned is, is so important. If you have to say, Oh, I got to work out. I got to pick up the kids. I, I got to make the, but if you change that got one letter, that, 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 that O into an E, 
I get to work yeah. out. Yeah. I, I get to pick up my kids. I get to whatever. It changes everything you know, in our life. And you so that's, at, that vocabulary makes a difference. Yeah. Oh, a huge difference. That's what was it is in Sweden or Finland. We're looking at the education system there and they actually give the kids far less. There's no homework. They give yeah. the, the kids um, far less um, class time and a whole lot more playtime, yet their level of uh, growth with, with knowledge and, and their, uh, their tests that they do is way higher than what you would have expected or what we have out here. So it was, it's fascinating that the power of play. I think, yeah, we uh, did a program for about 50 um, teachers from Finland and uh, like principals and they're, 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 their system is absolutely, the results they're getting is extraordinary. Um, mm. so I think like this is nice. And the idea here is you don't have to do everything that we're talking about. And there are a lot of more things that you could do that we talk about, but, um, but just, just doing something. And even if someone has kids, they could say, Oh, like make the bed with the kids or do, let's do three minutes of jumping jacks and, you know, calisthenics or, you know, let's make a brain power smoothie. And you know, what, what were your dreams last night? Or, you know, you could do it with a partner, you could do mm. it, you know, with yourself. I, it's I think the first thing we ask when we wake up, we ask each other what, what our dreams were that we remember. Would you, you like really? to hear our dreams from last night? And do you, do you interpret them also as well? But we try to sometimes, but or but we'll, or we'll figure out, oh, the reason I dreamt this is because yesterday, just before going to bed, we talked about whoever it might have yeah. been. But it's funny when sometimes we have the same object or character or something in our dreams. Like we had today we had a dog wow. in each of our dreams. <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows? Like we, we were just exploring like the... You know, who knows what the limits are in yeah. terms of our mind? You know, I really do believe this. This guy is not the limit; it's really our minds, and we have—we're just scratching the surface on what human beings are are mm -hmm. capable of. Yeah. Well, I think anybody who wants to learn those limits are limitless. Uh, they should read <laughs> your book. True. Yes, we have it right there on the shelf. This is our book of our shelf of inspiration for all of our uh, the books that we love. But um, one thing that I was reading was that most memories. It was something like 50% of people's memories are not real they're memories from, they're fabricated from stories that they've heard, even from other people like their family growing up. So they actually weren't even uh, events that happened where I was there in person. So an example, my brother, I have a twin brother, Jonathan, and him and I tell the same stories all the time, all the time. And then we just realized, this was last year, we were, we were chatting we realized that Jonathan had been adding himself to a bunch of stories that I tell, and he wasn't even there, but he tells right. it the first person. And he through and through says he remembers, he can physically see it when he was there. And I'm like, you weren't even there. Yeah, which is which is also liberating. It's very powerful in that imagine, you know, your mind doesn't know the difference between something you vividly imagine and something that is real. And it's interesting, like you have a dream, like maybe a nightmare and you wake up, but your body reacts as if it really happened. Your heart's beating mm. out of your chest, you're perspiring, you're short of breath. And, um, you know, there's, they did this study um, at the University of Chicago where they took uh, three groups of individuals and they had them do free throws. And group A, they tested them, you know, you know A, B, and C to see how well they did. And they said, okay, group A for the next 30 days, I want you to practice an hour on the court a day. And group B, um, I don't want you to practice at all. Don't touch a ball. Don't put on your, your shoes. Yeah. Group C, I want you to practice but an hour a day, but just practice in your mind. Just imagine yourself successfully throwing free throws for an hour a day. They came back 30 days later. Group A improved 24% on the court. They took group B out, no improvement, no practice, no progress. 
Group C, though, if it blew their mind, the ones that never touched the ball, just in their mind, improved 23%. Oh, wow. And it's astonishing because that's the power of the human mind. Uh, what is one thing, one new thing that you're learning right now? So I, I love learning. Um, you know, every 30 days, I have to take on something new. So in the past few months, you know, I learned how to do the, 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 the speed bag. <laughs> um, nice. I was taking plane lessons... Oh flying lessons before um, things got shut down. Um, wow. So I wasn't able to do that, but we ended up getting a boat and I got my license to, to, uh, to drive that boat. Nice. The oh. thing I just got in the mail was a didgeridoo. And so I just oh. started watching a YouTube video because I have um, pretty severe sleep apnea. It's a breathing disorder where I stop breathing 214 times a night. Oh. And uh, I read somewhere that a didgeridoo, this, um, this uh, yeah, musical yeah, instrument yeah, helps yeah, you to yeah, yeah, create yeah, circular yeah. breathing. And so I just got that in the mail. So that would be the thing I'm going to, you know, tackle now. But I think everybody should have, along with your to-do list, have a to-learn list. And yeah. I, I love that question because I think life's too short to be able to not experiment, not explore, you know, not be willing to try new things because life gets very boring if we stay within the limits of what we already know. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Well, when you uh, when you learn how to play the didgeridoo, you'll have to send us a video. Linda calls I will, me. I will totally do that. <laughs> Linda says I don't need a didgeridoo because I'm a didgeridoo because I just <laughs> make the sound with my voice. I just go. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. I love yeah, that. That's, that's my talent. That's my superpower. All right, you you've done this with so many people where you you'll memorize a hundred names or places or whatever it might be. So we figured we would give you a little challenge at the end of the podcast here. Okay. If we if we if we list off a bunch of random words, um, will you be able to regurgitate that back? I would actually love if there's time to teach people how to do it. Yeah. Yes. Oh, so totally. I would love that even to, more. Yeah. If we you wanted to you give people it. words to, to to memorize, and then I like it's it's um because otherwise people's like oh he could do it because he's you know whatever. But I would love for people at home to be able to do it along with us. Or I could give you some like the best brain foods and everyone could memorize that and then they could do something where they couldn't do it before. Look at us. We're like we're shifting. Excited. We're shifting we're in ready. our chairs because we're like, okay. Okay. <laughs> Got this. All right. So I'm gonna give you, am I giving you a list of words? And then I'm yeah. teaching, teaching people to okay, yeah, sure. yeah. Um do you know my favorite do you know my favorite brain foods or do you know some of these? Off the top of my head. No, no. let's hear them. Okay. Tell us. So I'll give you the 10 foods. Okay, so this is great. How about, um, have you ever gone to the store to get one specific thing and you come back with like a bag or two bags full of things, except for that one thing you went to the store for? Yep. Yes. Or you have a grocery list and uh, maybe you, you just, you wrote it, but you forgot it <laughs> or yep. something like that. Or somebody calls you and you, you can't write it down because you're driving or you're in the shower. I don't know why you pick up the phone in the shower, <laughs> but um, I'll share um, in, in the book, I talk about 10 brain foods, but I'll actually show you everyone how to remember them. And now this is, everyone's different with their diet. All right. So, I mean, we want to find something that works for you, but I'll give you what the research suggests. Um, 10 foods. All right. All right. Here are the 10, 10 brain foods. So I want everyone who's listening to imagine that you get a call from Linda and Drew. They're like, Hey, I know we're gonna have this limitless brain party. I want you to pick up these 10 foods that we talked about on our podcast. And you're like, Oh, I can't write it down, but I'm going to show you how to memorize them. So the, the foods first, don't write these down. Okay. Are avocados, blueberries, I like to call them brain berries. Broccoli is good for the brain. Olive oil. Um, if your diet allows eggs, the choline in eggs has been shown to help with cognition. 
That's uh, number five. Green leafy vegetables like kale and spinach, very good for the brain. Uh, another one, let's go with uh, salmon or flax. If you're if you're a vegetarian, vegan flax is a great source of omega-3s also as well. Um, another one is turmeric. Let's talk about spices. Turmeric is good for the brain. That's Walnuts, terrible. good for okay. the brain. Walnuts. And dark chocolate. Let's put a fun one in there. Dark chocolate. Right. Not milk chocolate um, or foods that have sugar and very processed, but dark yeah. chocolate. The What's good stuff. for your mood is tend to be good for your mind. Now, um, you could go through, people could write down as many as they remember. I'm not, you know, we could try that. And then just for sake of time, let me show you how to memorize these 10. Um, how many do you think you remember? Well, but you, you said 12. I said 12. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I gave a couple extra ones there. Like I yeah. added like like flax and, and some. Shit. I think I'll I think, be able to get, I think I, I'll be able to get like eight. I, I think I could get, should I try it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 I have to close my eyes. Okay. Avocado, mm-hmm. blueberries or brainberries, broccoli, olive oil, eggs, green leafy vegetables. Which kind? Like spinach <laughs> and kale. Yeah. Nice. Um, hold on, hold on. Green leafy vegetables. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Did you say salmon? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, flax, mm-hmm. flaxseed, mm-hmm. turmeric. And dark chocolate. Wow. And walnuts. Dark chocolate and walnuts. That's yes. amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Yes. Mm. My how did you, sweating. Can I ask you, are you a foodie or how did you remember all those? Yeah, I love all of those foods. She's a huge foodie. <laughs> and we those are literally everything that you just said is in our cabinet. Right. Um, the old, for, Most everything. But yeah. how did you, so how do you recall? Because I know, I'll, tell, I'll say my process after, but. So, well, the ABB was easy because I, yeah. I thought you were going to go like alphabetical order. Mm. Um, and then it just turned into like a book. And then dark chocolate, I thought was the last one. I was like, oh, yeah, you saved the best for last. And then you ended with walnuts. And we've been to cacao farms, so we know all about the good and bad chocolate. For me, I'm a visual, like I, I, I picture the, a picture of it in my brain. And so as I, I was, I was, I did the ABB thing first. And then I started just to picture all the things and almost like myself eating them. And then that helped me. Uh, yeah. The more, the more senses you use, the more you remember. So if you could see it and then smell it or even, you know, mm-hmm. taste it and they call it in science synesthesia, the blending of, of senses. So we know that when you could see, we tend to remember things that we could see. You, most people are much better with faces than they are with names. Mm. You go to someone and say, I remember your face, but I forgot your name. Mm. You never go to someone and say the opposite. You never go to someone and say, I remember your name, but I forgot your face. <laughs> that, that wouldn't quite be the same. But we tend to remember what we see. It's an international language where if you're on a plane, it doesn't say no smoking. There's a picture, right? Yeah. There's not fasten your seatbelt. It doesn't say those words. There's a picture of it. Mm. So we think in pictures. And then also the keto long-term memory is information by itself is forgettable, but information combined with emotion becomes unforgettable. And if you can get that emotion from either that chocolate or those blueberries, it certainly helps them stick. The, qu- the quick way of for everyone else who didn't get like all of them, which is extraordinary, is a method we talk about called PIE, P-I-E. And these are the three keys to a better memory. P-I-E. P stands for place. If you want to remember something, you need a place to store it. And we as hunter and gatherers, we didn't need to remember words and numbers. We need to remember where things were mm. for our survival. Where's the food? Where's the fertile soil? Where's the enemy tribe? Where's the clean water? That was everything. Even when you forget someone's name, what do you do? Ask yourself, 
where do I know the person, the place, the context gives you the content. Um, the other thing, the I stands for imagination. We just talked about how it's important to visualize. You can remember what you see. There's a Chinese proverb that goes, what I hear, I forget. What I see, I remember. What I do, I understand. What I hear, I forget. I heard the name, I forgot it. What I see, I remember. I saw the face, I remember it. And through practice, what I do, I understand it better, mm -hmm. right? And so the P is place, I is imagine, E is entwine, entwine, which means you put those two things together. So very simply, this is how I'd recommend remembering the foods for everybody else. Um, we take 10 places on our body very quickly, going from top to bottom. So let's do this all together. And you could use this when I train um, actors to memorize scripts. Uh, TED, we train a lot of TED speakers how to memorize their points to their 18-minute talk. And we'll use this ancient code of memories, 2,500 years old, um, attributed to Simonides, a poet in ancient Greece. This is how he would remember everything. So 10 places, top to bottom. So let's do this. We'll end with this. We'll say what I say and do what I do. One is top. So you touch the top of your head. One top. is top. What's one number one? Avocado. Top. And that'll be your verbal memory. Two is nose. Blueberries. What's number two? Nose. Blueberries. Three is mouth. What's three? Broccoli. Everyone else can say it out loud also. Four ears. Uh, Four is ears. Eggs. No, 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 no. We're screwing the, the place. Oh, so oh, top. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Top, <laughs> nose, nose, mouth, mouth, ears, ears. Five ears. is throat. 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 Six shoulders. Shoulders. Seven collar. Collar. Eight fingers. Eight fingers. Nine belly. Belly. And ten seat. Oh, bottom. Ten is bottom. 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 Okay, so those are 10 places. Do it one more time, everybody. So if you're not even watching on some video, one is top of your head. So one is top. top. Two is? Nose. Three. Mouth. Four. Ears. Five. Collar. Uh, or neck. Sorry. Oh, throat. 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 And then six. Shoulders. Seven. Collar. Eight. Fingers. Nine is your belly. Belly. And ten is your bottom. Bottom. All right. So now we have ten places. That's the P in pie. Memory is used as pie. Okay. And the ten places could be ten places in your home or ten places in your office. But that's they call this your memory palace. Now the I is what you need to remember is imagine it. And the E is you put them together in the story. So on the what's not your first place? Is the top of your head? I want you to remember avocados. Hmm. So just in a fun story, what would an eight-year-old play with? But what would what would you imagine? Maybe avocados for a conditioner for your hair. <laughs> that's pretty. If healthy. it makes you laugh, mm -hmm. you're more likely to remember it because I'm that's like a long a little, time. I'm picturing a dancing avocado, like it's a little person with legs, but it's actually an avocado. <laughs> I, think I, I think I saw a cartoon like that somewhere. And you would never forget that if it was happening on top of your head if you're at the grocery <laughs> store, right? So I want everyone to picture that. And then the second place is what. Nose. nose. Your nose. And I want you to imagine there, you have blueberries coming out of your nose. Like a little clown. We could call them brain berries. Smell <laughs> them. Yeah, what is that? Just feel that. Booger Third berries. place is what? Mouth. Your mouth. And I want you to imagine broccoli. Imagine there's a in my what, teeth. broccoli in your teeth. Yeah. Jim Carrey with the big broccoli in his teeth. <laughs> Perfect. The fourth place are what? Ears. Ears. Olive oil. So I want everyone to picture you're cleaning your ears with olive oil or maybe you're wearing olive earrings, mm -hmm. something that, and even if you can't imagine it, imagine you can imagine it, everyone. And then the fifth place is your throat. throat. And I want you to imagine instead of an Adam's apple, maybe mm -hmm. you have a, you have an egg there. <laughs> an egg apple. <laughs> an egg. 
Um, that's know. number five. Number six are your shoulders. Shoulders. Green leafy vegetables. Mm, so imagine pads. that you have shoulder pads, kale and spinach shoulder pads. <laughs> Seven is your collar. Imagine a necklace made out of salmon. Or if you're <laughs> vegan, you can imagine flax seeds. Um, eight are your fingers. And I want you to imagine turmeric. Turmeric is, I make in like an almond, like a golden milk in the morning, mm. like with almond milk and uh, turmeric. I put a little bit of pepper. It's really just amazing. Ooh, um, but anyway, turmeric all over your fingers, that golden powder. You can't get it off. That's, that's annoying. Nine, that nine is our belly. And I want you to imagine walnuts. And walnuts look like the brain. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's going to be good. Maybe brain walnuts belly. in your belly button. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> and then what's the 10th really place is your bottom, bottom. Top bottom. the bottom and it's dark chocolate. Everyone could keep, I don't want to know what you, what you're picturing. Big <laughs> <laughs> cacao. cacao. Exactly. And now just, everybody imagine this, you're at the, uh, you're at the store, you're at air one or whatever. And, and you just don't have the grocery list there. And, but you have it in your mind. You're carrying it with you as you walk down the aisles. What's on the top of your head? And I'm asking everybody who's listening to this, if they remember, they can video themselves and, and tag us mm-hmm. in it. But what's on top of your head? Avocado. The avocado. What's coming out of your nose? Blueberries. Blueberries, brain berries. What do you have stuck in your teeth? Broccoli. Broccoli. That broccoli. How are you cleaning your ears? Olive oil. Olive oil. Olive oil. What, instead of an Adam's apple in your throat, you have... Egg. Eggs. Eggs. Uh, um, on your shoulders, you have shoulder pads. <laughs> leafy shoulders. Leafy green kale, vegetables. Green leafy vegetables. Um, the collar, you have a necklace made out of salmon, salmon or flax. Salmon or flax, yeah. On your fingers, you can't get rid of the turmeric. Turmeric. Out of your belly button, you have <laughs> walnut. Walnut. <laughs> high in vitamin E, which is very neuroprotective. And finally, on your bottom, Dark chocolate. Dark chocolate. <laughs> then, oh my gosh, that made it so easy. Yeah, and you could do it forwards and backwards also. You could go from yeah. bottom to top and you'll still remember it. And when you understand how your memory works, you could work your memory. Well, thank you so much. It's been a lot of fun. And, you know, we're going to go back and reread the book uh, because I think there's still, there's so many points that we probably can, well, now that we've spoken to you again, we'll pull out even more yeah. information. And I appreciate everything that you do to help people yeah. sort of get the most out of life and continue to learn and grow. Thank you. Can I challenge everyone to do one thing? Yes. Sure. I challenge everyone to take, uh, I believe the fastest way of learning something is to teach it to someone else. Totally. When you learn with the intention of teaching, you can learn it so much better. When you teach it, you get to learn it twice. So I would, I would challenge everyone to take a screenshot of this conversation in whatever platform you're consuming it and, um, and, and tag us all on it. And so we see it and share one thing, either you got out of the conversation or maybe you remember all 10 foods uh, or close to 10 foods or one thing you're going to do in your morning routine to have your best brain, you know, and your brightest future. Share one thing you learned, because I think that's really what we're here to. We, we learn so we earn so we can return and, and pay it forward and tag me in it. And I'll, I'll repost some of my favorites um, on whatever Facebook, yeah. Twitter, or Instagram, and I'll actually gift a copy of Limitless to a couple of random people just for playing along. Oh, oh, thanks that's for amazing. doing that. Thank and you. And we'll also share um, in the description for our podcast, we'll share all of your social information. Where to get the book. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. definitely I'm excited for everybody to hop on social and uh, and teach us what they learned. Mm. There's so much we can teach each other. I yes. like that. Teaching to learn. 
Yeah. And, and this is the best part because learn, learning can be fun. Yeah. I think going back to the Wizard of Oz where you can feel at home anywhere, you know, when you have that, I think success really is the curiosity to know yourself, you know, self-awareness. That's why we do the things that we like meditate or journal. And we just want to get to know ourselves, like who we are. And then um, having the courage to be yourself also. Right. Having the courage to be that person. You know, I feel like sometimes spending, I spend a lot of time in nursing homes because I, I'm losing my grandmother. We donate 100% of the proceeds to uh, women's Alzheimer's research and children's education um, in oh, memory wow. of my grandmother. Women are twice as likely to experience Alzheimer's than men. And uh, we don't quite know why. And But all the research is mostly done on male brains and male treatments. Mm. Um, but at the end of, you know, when I'm spending time, we polish off their memories. But also, you know, you hear amazing amounts of wisdom you know people have lived you know different you know this long span but you also hear some regret and i think a lot of people sometimes struggle with unfulfilled pasts and i would i would recommend everybody that we have one life here that you know when we're taking our final breaths and it's not like a positive and mental attitude thing but it's just putting first things first you know keeping the most important things the most important things is when we're taking our final breaths nobody's None of other people's opinions or expectations are going to matter. What's going to matter is how we laughed, how we learned, you know, how we, how we loved, how we lived. And, um, you know, I think that's that our life is like an egg, that if an egg is broken by an outside force, life ends. But if it's broken by an inside force, life begins. Mm. And great mm. things begin on the inside. And everyone who's listening to this, I feel like it's not a coincidence that, um, you know, I, I, I applaud both of you for creating this community because it's like that's how you become limitless in a limited world. We, we do it together, you know, and we, we support people in there. We go further that way by, by far. So thank you both. Thank, thank you. you so much. We appreciate everything you're doing. Everyone should read the book and, and share what they learn. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Conversations like this are so exciting for me because it just shows you like in yourself, it's limitless. Whatever you want to improve, how you want to improve, you can do it. I'm trying to do math in my head. I got it. I have the solution. For? Everything. <laughs> Linda know. now knows everything. <laughs> no, I'm just so, my, my mind is blown. I, I do get really excited talking about, you know, the brain. It's It does feel weird. It, does it feel weird like reading about the brain when you were reading the book? Doesn't it like tickle your brain kind of? Well, I think. It's weird just like this waxy thing in our head. So what I find though is I see like. It's almost like a web, like when you think one thing and then a bunch of things come off of it and it creates different little like avenues that you go down to learn. Mm-hmm. But I picture in my head, those are little the like paths. neurons firing and these paths that are, are growing in my brain. I don't know. It's, it's so interesting, but it is. It's, it's like anything else. It's a workout. Mm-hmm. If you want to get bigger muscles, you go to the gym. If you want to, I don't know, get better learn at golf, you piano. have to practice you, the piano. Yeah. yeah. So this is your brain. If you want to get smarter, if you want to unlock more potential, be able to memorize more, you just have to work out that brain. I'm going to go to the gym, the gym quick, you know, <laughs> work out my brain. <laughs> there should be gyms for for your mind. Aren't there? I thought there was I know, something I know like that. We've talked about this before yeah. and it would be amazing if I want there to be like um, a creativity gym and like a, a brain gym. That'd be but phenomenal. that's exactly what, what Jim talks about. Exactly. Jim quick, I mean. <laughs> yeah, and and... I think that's something that we should we should continue to think about that because even when we raise our kids in the future, we could even set up like these little like Olympics of oh my gosh, brain stimulation kind of things, which would be kind of fun. Like puzzle marathons. Yeah. Oh, and I I will 
I would like love Sudoku that. Sudoku at the kitchen table. Yeah. Um, star battle on the toilet. <laughs> and then some other sort of like escape game of the brain that we would have in the living room. Ooh, yes. I wouldn't want to play the one on the toilet that you're talking about after what, somebody star else. Star battle? Star battle on the toilet, yeah. But- oh, that's like a person. <laughs> you can do that on your own. It's not, we'll, a, it's not a group thing. We'll find we'll <laughs> find other sorts of activities that we can do with our friends and family. But but yeah, everyone test out that or or go through those brain exercises or memory exercises that Jim did with us and- mm-hmm. uh, Show us what you remember. We're going to also post this on social media because we want we want to play a little bit with you guys. Let's all improve our brains together. Well, if you haven't read it, be sure to pick up Limitless. It is an amazing book and it really truly does help you in any aspect of your life, relationships, or uh, if, you're, if you have a new job you're going after, you're trying to start a business, whatever it is, this helps you unlock the potential of your brain. Mm-hmm. Jimquick.com and share... Any tips and tricks that you guys have been testing out with us and uh, maybe some brain food recipes. Mm. Oh, I'm always looking for recipes. Wait, one more time. Ready? What? Avocado. Avocado. Blueberries. blueberries, Broccoli. Broccoli. Olive olive oil. oil, Eggs. Egg. uh, uh, Green leafy leafy vegetables. So spinach and kale. Yeah. Salmon and and flax. Salmon and flax. Walnuts. No, no. This is. Oh, sorry. Turmeric. Turmeric. Walnuts, Walnuts and dark uh, chocolate. chocolate. Mm, look at this memory. Oh my gosh, that was so easy. No big deal, well, guys. Like- yep, there we go. We're amazing. We're now geniuses, I would like to say. Now what's my cell phone number? <laughs> it's so fascinating, the power of our own thoughts, how we can actually improve our skill with something, the way we think about it, or take away from our ability to improve the way we think about it, or our, or even our own self-consciousness. We can make ourselves more self-conscious the way we say and phrase certain things, or we can make ourselves more confident. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Have he, you Jim, done that? Jim talks about that in, in his book, Limitless, where you know labels can be very limiting, and we do that all the time, you know, like in a good and a bad way. Like, you know, he was labeled the boy with the broken brain, and that limited what he thought about himself. And mm-hmm. I. I do it all the time in, you know, in ways that I don't even realize. Like I can't do 50 pushups. Mm-hmm. Um, but who says I can't do it? Like if I break it up, like mm-hmm. you could just say like, I can do it. You know, if I just split it up into like little bite sizes, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's limitless. <laughs> well, I, I mean, so the, the same way people can, you know, get in their own way to create their own roadblocks by being negative you can do the exact same thing by being positive. And that's, I think it's the way I was raised as well. I mean, my mom especially was always telling me about the, the power of positivity. Mm-hmm. So if, if you're in bad spirits or you're a little frustrated or you're down for whatever reason, if you just have some more of those positive thoughts, it actually does come out in your, in your body and your actions and you can actually turn your mood around based on how you're thinking. But here's a question for you. I know like, for example, if, you're frustrated. And sometimes I'll joke and be like, smile. I know that really frustrates you. I like really frustrates you. But that's for me, like the way I'm thinking of it is what I was taught from my mom and what you hear from, you know, different sort of life coaches is that the power of positivity, if you make yourself smile, it actually gives you some sort of a chemical reaction and you become more positive. But then when I, when I say to you though, the way you receive that is I'm telling you to smile. 
Which is not my Yeah, intention. I know it's not your intention. And I this is like a whole other conversation because I know guys telling girls to smile is just like, you know, deserves a punch. Yeah. Um, and I know you don't mean it that way. Like I know you just want to help me get out of um, a rut. But my thing is like, I'm in the middle of processing something. I don't need to smile right now. Like I know, and I appreciate that you're trying to infuse some positivity you know, and humor, like you do it in a humorous way. Which I know um, can be annoying at times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like I think there is also value in like sitting in an emotion, like processing it. But yes, like I do need to learn how to process things and not, you know, be negative for longer periods than is necessary. But yeah, what if you're processing, like for me, you know how I am. If I'm frustrated, whatever it is, I process it. I I, I use yeah. what I, my tools and are, great. and then I move out of it. Yeah. But you need more time to process. So, yeah. I mean that that's an interesting thing, especially in relationships. How do you balance my needs to get through something and your needs to get through something, and find a way that we can work together or support? Yeah. I mean, maybe I need to just and, come to you with with asking how I can exactly. Help. And when you do, that does it, it. It does help because it's like it it prevents me or helps me not get mad at you for like trying to help. Like you're actually, you know, asking how you can help rather than telling me to just smile. Yeah. Like just to get to the end point when I'm not ready to go there yet. And you know what, actually that's, that's a good point because what I'm doing, I guess, like you said, I'm telling you. You're telling me to skip everything. Yeah. I'm telling you what works for me, yeah. but what works for me doesn't necessarily work for everyone else. So for you, is there a label that, that people attach to you that you don't like, or that um, limits the way you. Oh well, here, here's up. here's a prime example: the label on Property Brothers. So from the beginning, mm. there's the Jonathan is the brother that does all the work. I'm the one that does no work. So who came up with that label? Uh, well, I think there was comments from fans probably because the early days, Jonathan did all the construction. I wasn't even in any of the construction scenes. Uh, and I did the, I was in the suit. I was always in a suit. I can remember in the early days of Property Brothers, they were always saying to me, you have to wear the suit. Real estate agents wear a suit. You gotta be buttoned up all the way like a real estate agent. And Jonathan just always was wearing plaid and, and getting dirty. But the large majority of the show was the renovation. So you see me at the beginning of the show for a little bit. And then you saw me at the very end of the show. And so it paid into that label that I was the brother that did no work. And it, it bugged me because in reality, Jonathan and I both work very hard. We just work in different ways. Yeah. If you're talking about dirty construction, labory work, I have no desire to to do that as much as Jonathan does. I mean, he he likes to get dirty and get in there. He'll go and crawl into a hole full of rats, snakes, and spider webs. Gross. He'll he'll roll around in insulation. Not not my thing. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the other initiatives that we have and and what we're doing here with with at home and um, and trying to support our team in the development side of our production company. Like there are all those sort of things that I dig in really hard and I mm-hmm. love what I do. So, yeah. So I, I think it is just a reminder for us to be aware of the labels that we put on other people, especially kids too. Yeah. So if you know, you, you see like a teacher saying to a kid, uh, you're just a brat or something like that, that can really stick with somebody because maybe they're just being a kid, they're just goofing off, but now mm-hmm. you've labeled them as the brat in the class and that's what they're going to think about moving forward, creating mm-hmm. certain insecurities. And, and you know what? That would make me want to be a brat. Yeah, make you rebel <laughs> a little bit, yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, everyone, at thank home. You. This has been a lot of fun. And if you guys want to hit us up, by the way, Instagram, at, at home. Mm-hmm. Hit, send us some DMs, let us know what you want us to chat about. Yeah. 
Thanks to everyone on our team. Annalie Bell, our assistant researcher. Brandon Angelino, our podcast producer. And thanks to Victoria Shaw and Chad Carlson for, for our, our theme song, song. Feels Like Home. And thanks to all of you guys, and especially you, my Thank lovely you. wife. Mm. She kissed the mic. Yeah. Love you. Our mic's just bumped. That was. Okay. That sounds like some sort of sexy times term. All right, well, we're going to go now because we got to bump mics. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys.